Welcome to the Compassion Parenting Podcast, helping moms to love wisely and well. I'm your host, Dr. Mary Wild, integrative pediatrician and mom of eight sons who continually challenge and teach me. Over the years, I've learned that rather than outward technique, it's the internal landscape of the heart that affects parenting more than anything else. Mothering is about being, not just doing. You have everything you need within you to become the parent you want to be. So let's bring it out. Hello and welcome to the Compassion Parenting Podcast. I'm Dr. Mary Wild, integrative pediatrician focused on behavioral health. And today I have with me Kaylin Marcotte. She is the founder of Jiggy Puzzles. And today we're going to talk about the benefits of those slow wellness activities like building jigsaw puzzles. Welcome, Kaylin. Thank you so much. I'm excited to talk today. Yes. In preparation for this episode, I sat down and worked on a puzzle. (laughs) (laughs) So, and I noticed a few things. I noticed it was hard for me. It was hard for me to focus on puzzle building. Mm -hmm. I think that in our modern society, we are so busy and so on the go that sometimes building a puzzle can be the perfect thing. So tell me a little bit about your journey with Jiggy Puzzles. Like, how did you start this company? Yeah, I think, you know, probably a lot of people would feel very similarly to you. And I really, you know, we we are, we're so overstimulated and just hectic, kind of the who's busier, you know. Uh, And so I myself was working at an early startup and just, you know, long hours, lots of screen time, you know, computer all day, phone, and then I'd come home and watch TV. And I just I thought this is more of the same and not really achieving, you know, the the unwind or the real kind of disconnect that I was looking for at the end of a long work day. And so I, you know, had done puzzles as a kid, but not not really in my adult life. Mm-hmm. But uh, I had one lying around and I, you know, poured it out and and started working on it. And it just immediately clicked for me that it was enough of a challenge, engaging enough of an activity to really hold my attention, but not, you know, certainly not like over challenging to where I felt, you know, strained or more stressed from it. So it really became just my kind of way to to be present and just to kind of have those quiet moments with my thoughts and mm-hmm either listening to music or a good audiobook or, you know, just silence. And so I started doing puzzles basically every night before bed and then had the idea for Jiggy when, you know, I was doing one, I'll never forget the the design, the image itself that I was putting together was like a bunch of fishing tackle. You know, they were all like stock photography, like, you know, kind of old school grandma's puzzles. stock photography. And so I had just done like some cottage scene and like a landscape. And then this one was like fishing tackle. And I was like, I think this could be a better experience. You know, if these were like really compelling images that I'm spending hours and hours putting together. Mm -hmm. And so the idea to create, you know, modern artsy puzzles was born from that. And that's wonderful. And I love how you have connected also your mission of supporting artists and supporting 
women artists as well in putting their artwork through your puzzles. So I'd like to talk just a minute about what science tells us about the benefits of building puzzles. And, And what I have seen in the research is that puzzle building really helps with brain integration, that it's involving both the left and the right side of the brain, that it can really give us practice in developing that short-term memory and the visual skills. There's reasoning, analysis, problem solving, the practice of recognizing patterns. And so I think it's so valuable to kind of bring ourselves back to, like you said, it's kind of like this old school activity, but something that we so desperately need in our lives to just slow down. And we know that puzzle building does bring about a dopamine release, but I would consider Mm -hmm. it like a slow dopamine, you know, Mm -hmm. not not like, um, not this constant instant gratification world. Yes. Yes. And it kind of, as I was sitting down and working on a puzzle, I felt something shift in my mind. I felt a shift in my pace, my expectation. And, you know, we often think about like the default mode network being the part of our brain that is activated when we're just sort of daydreaming. And then there's talk of a task positive network where it's similar, you know, that we're, we're still kind of in this calm state, but we're doing some kind of a task. And I think for me, doing a puzzle was sort of like in between, like it felt like I was like doing a task, but I was still able to like, let my mind wander a little bit. I was able to do some background processing and that's what our kids are often missing. You know, the, the time to do this background processing. So valuable. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I think it is, you know, there, I think benefits on like real kind of, yeah, especially with kids and kind of childhood development around, you know, spatial recognition and, and fine motor skills and, mm-hmm. and pattern recognition and, and shapes and things like that. And I would say even like, persistence, like to, you know, to to complete a task to, you know, there really aren't like many shortcuts with, you know, putting together a puzzle. And so even just that kind of, you know, having a methodology, okay, let's sort, let's do the edges. Let's, you know, and yes, every time you get the piece to fit, there is that little, you know, that little kind of dopamine hit for every, you know, right answer along the way. But it is kind of, you know, that delayed gratification that there isn't a whole lot of sometimes today. So, so I think that can be really important for younger puzzlers. And then, you know, certainly in adulthood, more of the, the relaxation and disconnect and, and just kind of presence. And then puzzles have long been connected with kind of Alzheimer's dementia support and just kind of overall brain activity and health and exercise. So I think it it really can span any age. And I love activities like this that can be connecting of multiple generations because, you know, you can have your four-year-old sitting, finding pieces that have green on them, you know, to go right. on the tree. And 
and you can have your grandma sorting and like everybody can participate and and you can have conversation as you do this. I also love how it's like big picture, small picture, you know, it's like brings us to looking at detail as as like, what's the big picture here? Right. Zoom in, zoom out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I would suggest that all of us could benefit by doing what we could potentially call the puzzle test. Like if you haven't done a puzzle in a while to get out a puzzle and just try doing a puzzle. And if you find it to be something that like makes you feel tense and impatient, right? maybe it's an invitation to, you know, to invite yourself into this space a little more often. It's almost like an, an exercise or a practice like meditation or yoga that, you know, it's getting ourselves back to a certain brain space. Completely. I really equate it to my, my form of meditation. And, you know, have not, you know, it became a lot of headspace and calm in these meditation apps and it became very popular. For me, it didn't quite land. I think I need a little bit, not more kind of stimulation, but, you know, there's something about really kind of focusing on a single task that makes me feel even more present. That's kind of the solo activity version of puzzling of really this meditative kind of present state. But then to your point about, you know, the whole family being able to participate, there's really kind of the social angle as well. I was speaking to this woman who is kind of a leader in her community and kind of, you know, neighborhood mom to all the kids. And she said she always has one going, a puzzle going on her dining room table because it's a very non-confrontational way to like invite the teenagers and they'll come in and sit down and you're kind of doing a puzzle and you're talking, you know, they'll start to share about their day or what's going on, but in a a kind of casual way where it doesn't feel as like, here, let's, you know, tell me about your life. And so it's kind of this bonding activity that kind of sets the, you know, the stage to connect, but also feel comfortable. And so she kind of has her puzzle table where all the the kids come by. And so I thought that was interesting as well, that it can be a source for connection and a a kind of a background activity for everyone involved. I really like that, that it's kind of like one of these activities that allows us to be side by side and talking, not necessarily having to be face to face, confrontational. So that's really valuable. So since I work with a lot of kids who are these high performers, they have big goals, they're under chronic stress. I'd love for you to talk about just your journey with you know, all the different opportunities that Jiggy Puzzles and Creating yeah. brought to you and how you have calmed yourself potentially by doing puzzles and maybe other strategies. So tell us a little bit about journey with creating this company? Yeah. So, you know, I started the company and then decided to to self-fund it and bootstrap it. And then opportunities started coming to pitch it to a big wholesaler. So for example, Anthropology, the store. And so that was, you know, kind of my first like nerve wracking, big meeting, going in, bringing my samples and, you know, showing them this thing I had created and kind of pitching why we'd be a great fit. And then ultimately I decided to go on Shark Tank. And so that, you know, was a 
a whole process of preparation and how do I want to come across? What do I want to make sure that I communicate about the brand and my story? And so that was, was a big, you know, kind of standout moment in the journey so far. And so running, being a small business owner and, and kind of startup founder, you know, it really straddled both the super unglamorous day to day, you know, no job is, is too big or too small, doing a little bit of everything. And then, you know, these real standout moments that are really kind of special opportunities to get more visibility and to share the brand. So yeah, it's been kind of a wild ride with a lot of ups and downs. And I've certainly had to, you know, learn a lot about myself of what kind of a leader am I naturally? And what do I want, want, you know, how do I want to, what do I want to improve on and strengthen? And how do, you know, these kind of big meetings or, or media opportunity, how do I want to show up and make sure that I'm communicating and getting across? So it's been definitely the biggest kind of learning experience of my professional life. I think it's so interesting like that any task that we undertake, it's kind of like this microcosm for the personal development that we need. And so it's like, if you're a kid working on soccer, or if you're professional building a company, it's like in that world, holds all the opportunities and all the learnings for like your whole life. Like it's very applicable to the other aspects of life. Everything. And you also talked about a couple other things like preparation. Sometimes we don't realize how much preparation, first of all, like life is preparing us, but also that we do have to put that preparation and sometimes anxiety can really come down when we feel like we've done our homework, you know, when we really put in that work. But at the same time, there are certain things that we just can't force. We can't force opportunity. We can't, you know, force outcome. Have you had any moments that have been kind of like just surprising opportunities that just kind of came to you? And because you were ready to say yes, and like you said, no job too big or too small, that you were able to carry on. Yeah, I definitely think, you know, I like the definition I've heard of luck being when preparation meets opportunity. Yes. Because, you know, just thinking of, oh, luck, getting lucky, like it's in some ways a little disempowering of like, okay, I just have to wait to be, you know, struck by luck. And I think there is a lot making sure, but if opportunity opens and you're also not ready for it, then, you know, that could be a, you know, a missed window. So I had started this company right before the pandemic, unknowingly, obviously, I launched in the end of 2019, having no idea what was coming. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we were immediately spun into kind of this whirlwind where there was a lot of demand, you know, people were stuck at home looking for activities. So there was a lot of natural interest and demand for for puzzles. But there were also a lot of supply chain issues and freight. I mean, we all remember and have heard of the crazy kind of logistics nightmare. And so being spun into dealing with that as a new first time founder was definitely one of those kind of pressure cooker times. And one thing that we did, which I think just kind of highlights that, you know, when preparation meets opportunity, 
is we were sold out. And, you know, again, time production timelines were long freight. So we were sold out. We were getting all this interest, but didn't have product, kind of couldn't meet the moment. And, um, but as you mentioned, our whole business model is partnering with emerging artists to turn their artwork into each of the puzzle designs. So we had this community of artists. And so what we did was I was able, well, while our, the factory couldn't manufacture a puzzle, they did just have raw materials, like a blank, they just had blank white puzzles, you know, sitting there where the pieces were cut, but there was nothing printed on them yet. And so I got a bunch of those quickly and distributed them to our community of artists and they hand painted and hand drew onto them, you know, essentially creating these one of a kind original art on a puzzle. And we had a kind of an art auction and auctioned them up and it ended up being like this, this big moment and kind of a special campaign for us. And that I think was really just kind of thinking on your feet, being adaptable. I think being adaptable is probably more important day to day in my life as, you know, as a founder than any specific skill set I've learned. So, you know, kind of having the creative problem solving and adaptability. And ultimately, you know, that only made sense because we had this mission and this kind of community and, and values baked into the business from the beginning. So, so it was, you know, an example of kind of being prepared when opportunity struck and then being able to be adaptable and kind of shift with work with what you have. Definitely. And I have a program called Resilience School, and it's really teaching skills of resilience. But one definition of resilience is this ability to be flexible and adaptable. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and really, the story you shared is a perfect example of how setbacks can be the greatest moments of opportunity when we pivot. Completely. And also that undergirding purpose that you had kept you going. And I think for all of us, when we meet setbacks, having that really big why, that really big purpose to be our foundation is something that just gives us the gift of resilience because we want to get back up. We have a bigger reason than just ourselves to get back up. So that it just like bakes in a lot of resilience that wouldn't be there if we were like wandering and less purposeful. Yes, completely. What did you do specifically, like in the moment to be ready to walk out on that stage, at, you know, for Shark Tank? Like, did you have any practices or yeah. Oh, yeah. micro practices or tell us what you did? Yes. And I would say that's probably my biggest takeaway is, yeah, preparation and feeling prepared. And of course, there are going to be nerves. There's really nothing I've found, at least, to rid yourself of nerves, but doing your homework and preparing. And so I watched a ton of the show and, and had a whole list of, you know, every question they had ever asked on the show. So I was like, all right, here's, you know, here's kind of the gamut of anything I could be, I could be asked to respond to. And then had friends, you know, grill me and pretend to be the sharks and rehearsed things over and over. And so I definitely think putting in kind of the background to feel prepared, 
as confident as you can for those big moments. And then ultimately, I think as much as you can reframe these big moments as opportunities and to kind of try to shift the nerves to excitement of not like to go out there and how am I going to look and sound and what if I mess up? But like, wow, I get the chance to share my story. And so, yeah, I think that kind of mental shift of like, what an amazing opportunity to tell them what Jiggy is and what I'm all about and kind of shift, you know, there's the jitters the nerve, all that kind of frenetic energy into a tone of excitement. I think ultimately really helps me. I love that. So could you share with our listeners where they could find some of your puzzles? Where's the best place? For of them? course. We are jiggypuzzles.com on social media, all over. So it's Jiggy Puzzles. And then we also are in select retail stores as well. So we're in some Macy's and Paper Source, Barnes & Noble. So if you happen to be near one of those, go in and, and be sure to ask if Jiggy's there. Otherwise, online, we're, we're everywhere, social and website as Jiggy Puzzles. That is so great. And as a listener, you can say, I heard Kaylin Marta tell her story. <laughs> so my challenge to you as listeners is to do the puzzle test. Take out a puzzle sometime this week with your family and see how it feels within you? Does it feel different? Does it feel like it's challenging you to get into a different state? And if so, you know, what needs to shift to help you have a greater sense of calm, a greater sense of just being to allow yourself to do a simple creative task, either by yourself or with the people you love. So thank you so much, Kaylin, for being with us. Thank you so much, Mary. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Compassion Parenting Podcast. I'd love to hear your thoughts. What resonated with you? What questions came up? Let's continue the conversation on Instagram at Compassion Parenting or within my free Facebook group, Parenting Well, Raising Compassionate and Productive Humans. Links are in the show notes. If you've gained insight from the time we've shared today, leave a review and subscribe. There's a quick how-to in the show notes. Have a blessed week. May you love yourself, your family, and the world wisely and well.